Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Brian Alvarez, and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8-Side Network. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on. How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. It is Tuesday on this program, and I'm so tired, but I'm here. And we're going to talk about all of the news. This daylight savings time is a disaster for myself and my, my youngsters. My youngsters are going to bed late and getting up at the same time. It's just absolutely brutal. But I am here today, so if I look tired... I'm not on, I don't think I'm on death's door. But anyway, what have we got to talk about here today? The Rock. Is Rock going to do WrestleMania? Well, maybe someday. I've often been skeptical about whether The Rock is going to do WrestleMania. Definitely not doing WrestleMania this year, it appears. And he did an interview talking about this with uh, Dish Nation. So we'll tell you what he has to say about that today. Lots of interesting interviews. There was a story in Eddie Kingston everyone's talking about here today. We can give you some quotes from that. We have got the SmackDown and Rampage ratings from Friday night, uh, neither of which were uh, good, but neither of which were bad. It's it's a week, so we'll talk about those. And also, Kaylee Ray returning to action. We have an NXT lineup for tonight. Four matches announced for NXT tonight, which is uh, much better than the number that were announced for Raw yesterday. We have our weekly Raw report, which I know everybody is a big fan of. For those of you that are baffled, that Braun Breaker has to be Braun Breaker and not Rex Steiner, Bronson Rex Steiner, the son of Rick Steiner. Apparently Rick Steiner was going to be at Halloween Havoc, but it fell through. We'll tell you about that and uh, so much more as well. If you want to, contact us here today. 425-780-7566 is the phone number. That is 425-780-7566. You can give us a call, 844. Actually, no, don't give me a call. I'm not sure about that one. Just text for now. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com is the email address at Brian Alvarez on Twitter. Presumably, Mike Sempervivi will join us. I heard on the news there's been some outages. And we've had outages on every single show. The last four shows, there's been an, an issue. Four in a row. Can we break the streak on this program? We'll find out after the break, Observer Live. <laughs> Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Oh, thank God it's Tuesday. I can talk about Raw later. But before that, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has addressed the possibility of facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. In an interview with Andrew Frund of Dish Nation, The Rock stated there was, quote, no truth to the rumor that he would face the Universal Champion. In a similar interview with ComicBook.com, Johnson did not rule out another match but said any in-ring scenario would have to make sense. There is no truth to that right now. Possibly down the road, we'll see, he said. We stay very close, myself and Roman Reigns, in a comicbook.com interview. 
Johnson was asked a more direct question about whether or not he sees a WWE title reign in his future. I don't know if I have another title run, considering I'm the people's champion. I don't know if it's another title run. Possibly, you know, there might be another match down the road. It would have to make sense. So as we've talked about for a while, clearly that's one of the big matches that they want for for Roman Reigns. And whether he'll ever get it, I don't know. It doesn't look like it's happening this year. Very much looks, if you if you watch what they've done of late, that the plan for this year's WrestleMania is like the... the uh, this, this match should get an award. Most WrestleMania's headlined, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. So that appears to be the direction they're going. And after that, it's like, who's left for Roman Reigns? I mean, the big three were John Cena, Brock Lesnar, and The Rock. So if it's not The Rock this year, they're going to try and get The Rock for for 2023? I mean, can you imagine? First off, Rock would be like 51 years old, a decade removed from the last time he had a match and, you know, tore half the muscles in his body. A huge movie star, why take the risk? There's that. And also, I mean, as we as we have seen already, like, who is left for Roman Reigns if we have one match with Brock at WrestleMania this year and then another match with Rock in WrestleMania next year? Do you know how many, like, there's so many pay-per-views in between. We're going to have, we're going to have Xavier Woods challenging him for the title as the king and... You know, Sami Zayn's going to get a three-week push or something. I don't know. I just don't think this match is ever going to happen. I don't think so. But I've been wrong before. So if it pushes it to 2023, by that point, let's see, April of 2023, would The Rock have had to already declare to run for the presidency of the United States in 2024? Because a lot of people think he's got political aspirations. Oh, well, it's so. simple, Mike. You 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 lose, you retire, and then at WrestleMania following the main event, you announce you will be running for president. Ah. ah I don't think that's... he's running for president in 2024. <laughs> How about Governor of California, which would set up nicely with where they're going to be in Los Angeles? I think he could run for president in 2028. Tell you that much. Well, they let him jump in for governor of oh, California. Oh, he ain't going to run for governor. What do you think he is, some jabroni? Oh, that's true. It's, you got to be fast-tracked right to the top. You know, why have any political experience? Because that's worked out so well for us in the past here in America that well, I'd love worked, to see. It, will, it worked well for the guy in terms of getting elected. <laughs> I guess maybe it would. It, would he be the highest, uh, I mean, in all of pro wrestling history? He'd be the maybe most buff. To, yeah, say we got to call up Carl Stern. I mean, what's the highest level of office that has been involved directly in a pro wrestling storyline? I know Governor Jesse Ventura at SummerSlam, I believe it was that one year, actually was the guest referee. But have, have we had any Bro. governors that have gotten in the ring at any point? Have Bro. we gotten any presidential are, candidates? Are you kidding me? The president, the last president we had was in a WrestleMania main event. I mean, a wrestler, though. He was. He was in the. Well, I mean, he didn't actually wrestle, but I mean, he was in. The, didn't he was, actually. He was a headliner for the 2008 either, WrestleMania. You know. <laughs> All right. We also have this interview with with uh, Eddie Kingston. Everyone's been talking about. In a piece of the Players Tribune, AEW's Eddie Kingston opened up about his upbringing, how he almost quit wrestling, dealing with both mental health issues and alcohol and drug issues. His big break, coming to terms with where he's at in the wrestling business, started by talking about his upbringing in Yonkers getting the wrestling bug through watching tapes and eating Chinese food, his Friday reward if he stayed out of trouble in school. 
I'll have to remember that for Paisley. Love him. <laughs> Except she only likes about four foods. Watching wrestling was always my escape. It was like my little sanctuary. It's probably the only thing that kept me out of jail. In high school, my friends used to be calling me up at night to come and get up to who knows what. I'd stay at home by myself to watch Raw or the Super J Cup or ECW. He was kicked out of school due to a fight, took an iron worker's job with relatives, until he decided one day he wanted to become a pro wrestler. Detailed the struggles to make ends meet, a night in which only eight fans were in the building for a show, but the reactions of one particular fan helped keep him going. Detailed how he turned to alcohol and painkillers to cope. I drank. Christ, did I drink. I became a bouncer just so I could drink more. On the weekends, I'd start drinking at 1 on Saturday, bounce at the bar till 7, go and wrestle, then come back to the bar after and drink till 7 in the morning, wake up the next day, it was football Sunday, I'd drink from noon till 2 a.m. Described a story where he disappeared in an alcoholic binge, missed dates, broke his cell phone, caused concerns with friends. He woke up one day, went to his mailbox, there was a letter from Larry Sweeney, who was worried about him, and said he felt like he lost his best friend. He wrote him a letter. Kingston then turned around and said if he hadn't gotten that letter, he probably would have drank himself to death. Kingston said he nearly quit the business, but his brother talked him out of it, saying he didn't want to tell his son that his Uncle Eddie was a quitter. Kept going, but the pandemic hit. He had to sell his gear to even make a mortgage payment. He got a call to do an outdoor show in New Jersey where he decided to cut a promo on several wrestlers. This caught the attention of AEW. He was brought in for the TNT title open challenge against Cody. He described how Brody Lee fired him up before the match. And how about, how about Lee and John at Moxley were there afterwards to give their stamp of approval of his performance. Several weeks later, while on vacation with his girlfriend, after he was under contract, the realization of the point he was at in his career finally hit him. I just started crying. The wave came over me. I finally understood what was happening. I stood bawling right there in the car. I've been, it's, I have been everything in this life. Angry kid, depressed teenager, an addict. I've seen so many holding cells that would make your head spin. I've messed up, self-destructed, burned bridges, been down to my last dollar. The only reason I'm still doing this, the only reason I'm still on this earth, is because all of my friends never stopped having my back. And he tweeted afterwards that the whole moral of the story is just keep going. That is the moral of the story from Eddie Kingston. He's been through a lot. He says, I'm going to be through more because life is life, but just keep going. So he's, uh, the whole article is up there. There's a link to it, I think, on the front page of WrestlingObserver.com. But it's going to be tough to ever turn this guy heel. You know, maybe you can do it because fans love him so much they'll go along with it. But this man's a baby face to the core, just like Moxley. These two gritty, angry, violent men. Baby faces. Because aren't we all baby faces at our core? When we all strip it away, when we are all vulnerable to the people that love us uh you know we are and there's always a good person inside and that's again and we talked about it over and over and over the the realness the authenticity of eddie kingston of john moxley of brian danielson all of which are being able to be brought out on aew tv but uh i can't stress enough for people to read this players tribune.com article by eddie kingston it is everywhere i'm sure everybody has retweeted it uh you know you're gonna there's a lot in there that is very uh easy to relate to and very uh, identifiable for me and i think for a lot of people and 
the bottom line is even if some of the things he talks about, some of the addiction, some of the troubles, some of the self-sabotage that he's done to himself, even if you cannot relate to that, the story of this person is still easily relatable. And maybe if you haven't been that person, you've been on the other side having to try to deal with this person, to help this person, to, to battle with this person, to, to, to go through all of this stuff. And, uh, again, it's uh, on a, in a time where we're, we're talking about the realities of things uh, and the reality of wrestling and how to get emotion and all that sort of stuff. You know, Eddie Kingston and this article is, uh, is really as real as you can get. Be back with more news after the break. If you want to text us, 425-780-7566 is the number. That is 425-780-7566. Back in a moment, Observer Live. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Alive. Uh, Mike Subravivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Friday night with a show back on Fox after airing on FS1 the previous week. Friday's SmackDown, 2.093 million viewers, down 6.9% from the last time the show aired on Fox two weeks ago. SmackDown's lowest viewership on Fox since August 13. In the 18-49 demo, SmackDown 0.57, down 1.7%. Show finished second in the networks in that category, trailing Shark Tank, which did a 0.60. Led all network programming in 18-34. SmackDown down 9.6% in overall viewers. The Rampage Show, 599,000 viewers, down 3.9%. Second highest viewership for the show since October 1, 18-49, a .22, which is down 12% from the previous week's show. Tied the second lowest rating in that demo in Rampage's history. Fifth in the cable charts in 18-49. Sports competition was an ESPN game. Two games, uh, 1.6 million, 1.2 million NBA. So those are the numbers there. And uh, this is one of those weeks where, you know, I saw... I saw the usual, oh, my God, a rampage, 599th of the show's dying. Then you point out it's fifth on cable. Oh, it doesn't matter. They got five. Bro, fifth on cable, here's the deal. As Dave noted last night, if you want to go by total viewership, then then SmackDown's probably going to be moved to FS1 because in total viewership, they're almost always dead last. But in 18 to 49, they rank highly on the charts. So a fair comparison would be, how they do on the charts and SmackDown did very well in the charts and Rampage did very well in the charts. So there's, there's no story here unless you want to make it a story and spout a bunch of gobbledygook, which I'm not a fan of. If you make it a story, nor am I a fan of the gobbledygooker. 
What about Hector Guerrero himself? Eh, he was all right. He looked like all of my uh, my relatives. Do you think he worked better? My my father's uh, my father's brother, and uh, literally, if you, I know everyone looks at me and they go, "Look at this white guy, honky." But if you if you if you saw pictures of all of my immediate relatives, I mean, we're the Guerrero clan. I don't know what happened to me. But so, but but only Hector had like that wide mustache. Did, did yeah? Like, welcome to my family. Did you have one that looked like Chavo? Yes. Mondo. I mean, my dad looks like Chavo Classic right now. Anybody in good a shape as uh, Chavo Junior? Because I know you're well, not right me. now. What are you talking about? I'm not. I'm in the best shape of my life. Mm-mm. I may not be big and muscular right now, but I can go, brother. <laughs> Uh, you know, I had a point. Now I can't remember. Of course, what it was. you don't have a point, but I got a point, Kaylee. Oh Ray. yeah, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can start this fight. That's what it was. You can start the fight, but you're gonna lose the fight, Brian. How many what times fight? says? What are you talking how about? How many people who want to make fun of AEW and want to plant a flag and do all this battle over Friday ratings? How many times has professional wrestling throughout since the dawn of television? How long has it been on? network commercial television it's been on there forever right we always get a stint of professional wrestling on and what happens to professional wrestling on commercial network tv brian every time what happens disappears goes away bye that's what's going to happen to smackdown the 18 and i know times have changed things are a little bit different they may resign with fox bro they they absolutely might look fox wanted this as part of a package where they were going to build up make it a, like a, a sports a men's friday you have smackdown which leads you into college football and the ufc or whatever they got and obviously not the ufc anymore on saturday major league baseball everything that they have there on into sunday with their nfl coverage so it you know it made complete sense but it's also the thing that is when you start bringing in people like and i know like there are people that are partial towards WWE, but when you have, you know, the dramatic originals that are creating things for Fox, you have all these other na- all these other people and all these other hands in the mix, wrestling is usually the first thing out. So it's, you know, it's great to, to squawk about SmackDown being on network TV and compare it to a show that's on at 10 o'clock on a cable station. And, you know, I, I, to me, I would be careful about doing that. Okay, because I know SmackDown does well, but again, ten o'clock, and for what they give their what they give TNT, they're happy. Look at what TNT and look at what Turner Television does late night anyway with, with you know the eighteen to forty nine group and the twelve to thirty four group because of Adult Swim. Again, for what they want, they're happy. And I don't know. I'm sure for what Fox wants, they're happy too. But I would not. It's an impossible battle to try to fight. Nobody on AEW side usually fights this. The diehards. It's always somebody in WWE who wants to play compare and contrast, and you can't do it because the only thing you can say is, yeah, we're bigger. We're on network TV, but that usually doesn't work out too well. And frankly, compared to what they're doing at 10 o'clock, what they're doing is a hell of a lot more impressive. Bottom line. All right. So can I talk about NXT tonight now? Because I know everyone's asking, what's the lineup? They're all excited for NXT 2.0 tonight. As am I, of course. Show is. uh... Anyway, we got Toxic Attraction. I know you're stunned to hear that Toxic Attraction's on the show tonight. Yeah, you have something for the old guys. Mandy, GG, and JC Jane versus Io Shirai, Caden Carter, and Casey Catanzaro. That's a lot of names. Mandy, GC, JC. 
Kushida and Ikimanjiro, jacket time, will be facing the Creed brothers. So let's all say a prayer. We've got Kaylee Ray versus Sarai and Joe Gacy versus Boa. I'm a little less excited after I read that, but I'm still going to watch it tonight, full of excitement, because someday, everyone, someday Rick Steiner is probably going to show up and embrace Braun Breaker. According to Tommaso Ciampa, <laughs> Rick Steiner was supposed to be at NXT Halloween Havoc last month until the appearance fell through. It took place October 26, headlined by Ciampa versus Steiner's son, Braun Breaker. Ciampa retained the title. Ciampa told TalkSport Steiner was supposed to be the show, but pulled out at the last minute. Steiner was supposed to be at Halloween Havoc. He pulled out last minute, maybe because I retained, but I won't say that's why. I would love to be friends with him. I said to Braun, I don't want to meet your dad. I want him to be my buddy. I want us to exchange numbers and whatever Rick Steiner does. He's probably not a big phone guy. I don't know. But I just want to be friends with him. You know what would be awesome? You know what be the greatest thing ever? <laughs> Is if they did another match and Braun Breaker won the title from Tommaso Ciampa. And he, he was about to be handed that belt. But suddenly, from out of the crowd came his father. And his father grabbed the NXT title. And he wrapped it around Braun Breaker's waist. And the announcers go, what a wonderful moment. It's so great to see Rick Breaker here. Wouldn't that be cool? You know what they won't do, but they could do, because this could be a real case where this happened. I mean, I don't think he ran out of all of his money, but WWE likes to bring back people and talk about how much they failed and how little money they've made in their lives and everything. And, and didn't didn't Rick have the Shonies, or was it Scott that had the Shonies that closed up? They could always bring Scott. that up. And Oh, and I forgot, yeah. Well, Scott is is persona non grata right that's why one of the reasons he can't be a steiner is because of scott steiner is his picture still up at live events saying don't let this man in see look at this everyone's making fun of the name braun breaker but as soon as i told that story they were like oh man what a name brick breaker that's yeah, not bad is it that's not what they're saying yeah they are they're all like no, they're brick not. breaker they're all excited about the idea of brick breaker no, you are really just trying Am to... Am I wrong, everybody? Is that not an awesome name, Brick Breaker? You are losing your mind to try to defend this show and why you're watching it and trying to get people on board to watch this show. Dude, I'm not telling anybody to watch this show. I'm not that excited. You know I'm excited? Because I can walk on the treadmill while I watch it and get in shape. Oh, you don't have the Peloton yet? No, kidding me. I'm, I'm old. Why don't you just walk outside? I do walk outside, at like, uh, probably eight months out of the year. But if you are here, Mike, you ain't going to be walking outside either. Why? Well, gale force winds, and it's 45, so it's you may as well just, like, you know, Bro, that's like cutting saw a hole in ice the, uh... like a cartoon and jump into the icy water. I'd rather you... walk indoors where it's warm. Man, are you kidding me? NFL guys pay a lot of money to have somebody attach a parachute to their backs. Bro, do I look like an NFL guy? Doing some running. Well, you're talking about I don't how great watch the NFL. If you had better cardio, maybe you wouldn't have gassed out so many times with Filthy and ended up making yourselves the worst tag team of all time. I didn't gas out with Filthy one time. Not a single time. You didn't throw it's not that my fault he was a horrible force. partner. You know how many matches I won without Filthy? Do you realize, do you realize that I beat Marco Stunt clean in the middle of the ring with a super kick? That's you guys, me, the you high guys, point of your career. You ever heard of Chris Christopherson? I know him. My, my mother's, what it, her favorite artist, Chris Christopherson. Mm -hmm. I beat his giant son 
and his son's a giant. Yeah. Kicked that guy right in the jaw, pinned him in the middle of the ring. That's right. But what could I do with filthy nothing? Man. Nothing. He was a useless partner, and I mean that with all due respect. Are you saying he was a big sack of you-know-what just with some I didn't handles say on that. you had to carry? I didn't say that. I said he was a useless partner. But you know what? I was a useless partner to him as well. We were both useless. Otherwise, we would have won something. We couldn't beat the Rock and Roll Express. They're in their 60s. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Who took the? Uh, who was looking at the lights in that match? Well, I was because Tom was doing whatever. He was a legal man. I took the pin for him. I lost for him. If it wasn't so really, for me, he would have lost. You never really lost to the Rock and Roll Express because Tommy Young, I wasn't the legal the man. He was was not the legal well, yeah, man. It was, yeah, it was it was it was unfair and everything like that. But I mean, we didn't win. I mean, you could say we didn't lose. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is, we didn't win. It's all about winning in this wrestling game. Back in a moment, Observer Live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. To think I spent all that time wasting time talking about my career, and I realized we forgot to talk about Raw. But you know, it's fitting because I wasted less time talking about my career than Raw wasted last night. The show wasn't bad, but I swear to God, this was at best a 90-minute show that they found a way to stretch out to three hours. And it felt there like six. was nothing on this show. So it opens up with this long segment with Riddle and Orton and the Street Profits, which then leads to entrances for an eight-man, which then leads to a 22-minute match, which then leads to the post-match. The first 40 minutes of this show was centered around AJ, Omos, Ziggler, and Rude, versus the Street Profits, Randy Orton, and Riddle. Well, don't forget KO and Seth Rollins as well, too. Well, that's that's that was only like 10 seconds. I'm talking like they spent 40 so minutes. That's what it felt like on the rest it, of yeah, this. With the rest of it being terminally long, yes. Now, we had a lot of great workers in this match. So, I mean, and AJ Styles is back after being gone for two weeks with no explanation. So, the match was, was hit and miss. There was a lot of good stuff. But then... You know, they tag in Omos, and this guy is, God bless him, he is horrible. And the thing that irritates me is he doesn't have to be. Because all you have to do is get him in there to be a giant. Like, I don't want to say it's not that hard, but you know what's easier than running around really fast and trying to do karate and all this other crap they're having him do? Just be a giant that stands there and runs people over and, and destroys them. No, he's got to do spinning kicks and... They all look horrible, and he's like seven feet tall. He still can't kick above these people's chests. It's a disaster. So then finally at the end, there's this big schmoz, and the teams start fighting each other. 
because we got Survivor Series coming up, Raw versus SmackDown, and the storyline is everybody and every team hates each other. How could you possibly care about Survivor Series? So anyway, in the middle of all this schmoz, poor Riddle gets hit with the tree slam, and then he's down for like five minutes while they do all their spots, just laying in the middle of the ring, and then finally Ziggler goes in there and pins his dead body. I mean, he's been down forever. And then Orton live, uh, lays him out with the RKO after the match. So 40 minutes right there. We had a show-long segment with Kevin Owens going around and asking all the baby faces if they trusted him, and they're all kind of iffy about it. We had the announcement that Adam Pierce, the GM who now were going from babyface GMs to heel GMs, him and Sonya both going heel, he says on Saturday they announced all of the teams for Raw versus SmackDown. And I was disgusted that Dominic was put on that team because everybody is a former champion except Dominic. But you know what, Dominic? If you don't lose tonight, you can keep your spot on the team. So his opponent is Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley kills this kid, makes him look like a geek. And then they announce that now this geek is off the team and Lashley is on the team. Which, by the way, led to a segment later where Ray's furious and he's like, Bro, if you didn't want the guy on the team, why don't you put him on the team for the first place? Like, why don't you just put Lashley in? And if you think I screwed up that line, you should have heard poor Ray. Uh, Ray could not get this promo out. But at least he was supposed to be so angry that it made sense. But anyway, they made Dominic look like a geek, and Pierce is going heel. And as was written on the front page report for the show, Dominic looked like a feeble loser. I could not have said it better myself. That's how they try to make baby faces, by the way. And, and make sure you highlight that line, too. Say it again. Adam Pierce is going heel. Yeah. That's what we need. This, this heel GMs. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Adam Pierce is all upset about, about the teams because, you know, I guess he wants Raw to win. Even though he's the GM of both brands. Like, what in the hell difference does it make who wins brand versus brand when you're the GM of both brands? None of this stuff makes any sense. But we have to do it every year. Because it's their goofy Halloween, Thanksgiving, whatever tradition. Whatever. Whatever. Sonya wasn't Holidays enough. Holidays in whatever that month is. Sonya wasn't enough. Sonya no. working angles with Naomi that they don't really pay off. That's not enough. We have to have Adam Pierce be a heel idiot GM, too. Like, they, he and Paul Heyman were the only non-wrestlers, and there's barely any wrestlers to take seriously. But, like, at least... He had something built up with Adam Pierce where there was some credibility to this guy. Now there's just none because you're an idiot. You're a goof. You find Brock Lesnar a million bucks or whatever it was. Okay, fine. You know, that was cornball. It's something they wanted him to do, and he did a good job carrying it out. And then you bring him back to say, hey, uh, we made these teams up, and we were burying the fact that, you know, we advertise these on, on Twitter. If that was a decision made by him, he's an idiot as well, too. But we go ahead and we post these on social media. I made the teams. Now I'm really embarrassed about putting you on there, and we can't take care of this before the show starts. We have to come out here, and I need to call you out to the middle of the ring to disappoint you, to insult your son right in front of your face, and then have Bobby Lashley come down and kill your son in front of his face. This is dumb. It was just dumb. Bro, it's heat. Just heat, dude. Like dewdrop heat. Big right? E. Like Shotzi heat. Big E beat Chad Gable in a non-title match. The wrestling was good. It was five minutes. We had Sonya Deville backstage. She's 
I guess maybe she made these teams. It's Carmela, Zelina, Rhea, Liv, and Bianca. Bunch of other women show up. They're all angry that they're not on the team, including, by the way, Nikki Ash, who is one half of the tag team champions. She can't get on this team. But anyway, it's announced that the the team members, as a way to get these team members ready to fight for the Raw brand, we're going to put them in a five-way where they all fight each other tonight. All right, whatever. We couldn't get Becky and Nikki Ash over to uh, to the U.K. for the... Uh... No, they had to be here for Raw. We had Drake Maverick versus Reggie in a 24-7 title match in the ring. Ends up with all the geeks running down, distraction. Drake Maverick wins the title. Akira pins Drake Maverick. Corey Graves pins Tozawa. Byron Saxton pins Graves. Drake Maverick pins Saxton. Reggie pins Drake Maverick. He runs off with the belt. So now until the end of time, we have to hear Byron Saxton bragging that he pinned Corey Graves. Mm. Fatal five-way, Liv, Carmella, Zelina, Bianca, and Rhea Ripley. Between the video packages, the commercials, the ring entrances for all of the women, the post-match, the pre-match, the 16-minute match itself, another 35 minutes of television time for this match. And depending on who was in, it was hit or miss. And finally, Carmella went for a pin, but uh, she got cradled, crucifix pin by Morgan. Liv Morgan wins. Now it'll be Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch at some point down the road, which assuredly Liv Morgan will be losing. Well, I apologize to any Becky Lynch stands out there, too. Apparently she was over on that tour. So, Well, she was, but then they brought her back for this. So then, <laughs> so then... In another segment that between commercials, video packages, interview segments, the ring announcements, the ring introductions, whatever, when they walk down to the ring, another 35-minute segment, it is Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. They wrestled for 23 minutes. They all fall out of the ring. Kevin Owens bonks into Big E. Kevin Owens can't make it back in. He is counted out of the ring. 23 minutes and 46 seconds for a count out. And then Kevin Owens flips his lid and he destroys Big E. And that's how the show goes off the air. Yes, I said the show wasn't that bad. It was better than it sounds because the people when they were actually wrestling for 23 minutes, I mean, the wrestling was good. But if you're looking at storylines and logic and build the Survivor Series, it flat out sucked. But if you're a fan of the wrestlers wrestling in the ring and giving it their all, the show was, was good. So there you go. Take your pick. I think a lot of these, these WWE fans, they really don't think. You know what I'm saying? They just watch the guys doing flips and moves. Because if they thought about it, they couldn't possibly like it. It's like, it, it, I, I, I don't know how they could, but it's they don't think about this stuff. I guess, it, I don't know. Here's the one thing I know is, Kevin Owens has been getting screwed over by Roman Reigns since, what, last year? So he began his year getting screwed over by Roman Reigns, and he and Big E teamed up all summer long. All summer long he, he teamed up with Big E, was involved with things, and, you know, against Sami Zayn and whoever it would be, uh, Baron Corbin or what. So all of a sudden now, not last week, Kevin Owens – has to play like he doesn't see Seth Rollins hitting Big E, and, but he does, and Big E knows it. He apologizes afterward, yet Big E is treating him like trash because now we're going to retrofit a story where 
well, Kevin Owens, you know, none of his partners like him. He turns on everybody. He's a miserable guy. And, yeah, that that was kind of the case. But how they set this whole thing up, like, at no point do I feel like Kevin Owens did something wrong here. You know, yes, he saw, and this was an issue again, talked about it last week, the referee should have been blocking his view. But that didn't happen. So they go and they do this. It's just it was a cheap way to get to Kevin Owens getting heat and turning on Big E like they need more heels and like they need less heroes. I just everything about it has sucked and has fallen flat for me. And I just think it's it's uh, to me, it's a it's a waste. The Big E Kevin Owens, you know, them in the ring with each other ought to be great, you know, for sure. And maybe this is Kevin Owens' last hurrah. I don't know what it is, but to me, the whole thing has fallen flat from Jump Street last week to how the whole thing played out, looking so stupid, where everybody looked stupid, and now all the baby faces look like jerks. Sure, Rey Mysterio had to deal with what Adam Pierce was doing, but he still blew off Kevin Owens. And made, Again, everything... Uh, to me, I had more sympathy for Kevin Owens in a way coming out of this thing because if you're just watching the last two episodes of this show and you're seeing this, how is Kevin Owens the bad guy? Why is he a terrible person? You know, all of a sudden, now we're, we're, we're retro doing this. Any good faith he has built up, any good faith he had on SmackDown, which is a show that people are supposed to be watching too, all of that just goes away? Why? Because Seth Rollins is a master manipulator. He's a douche who came out on the show and said, Kevin, nobody likes you. And then the whole show, nobody likes him. So is Seth Rollins the baby face here for telling the truth? It's just the whole thing sucks. I'm sorry. It just it's weak and it, it and it sucks. And I know somebody will, well, what about this on AEW? I don't care about what's on AEW that also sucks or a New Japan that also sucks. This is not a very effective story to me at all, and it doesn't have me hooked, and it's supposed to be their main event story, and it's fallen absolutely flat. And, oh, by the way, isn't Big E supposed to be facing Roman Reigns soon? Bro, this person here says, why would Adam Pierce care about whether Raw wins or not when he's a GM of both shows? All of these questions, it's all yeah. the same thing. Why do we have a Survivor Series, and why do we have a brand split? I would be fine with a brand split if, like, all of your storylines made sense. Like, if it really was the one time a year that the Raw and SmackDown wrestlers faced each other. But it's not. We just did a draft. Literally the entire Raw team were all on SmackDown. They were loyal to SmackDown for a year. They've been on Raw for a week, and now they have to fight for Raw with a GM who seems to care whether one side or the other wins, even though he's a GM of both shows. I mean, it's not hard to do this, but it's just, it's, it's, whatever. I'm telling you, explained? I'm telling you, these people, these fans, they are happy. I'm not saying they're dumb, but I'm saying they're happy not thinking about it. They watch you, it in a vacuum. You tell me what is going on, and I'm going to go along with it. It's a it daytime judge show. It doesn't make sense. Well, who cares? I'm, I just won't think about it then. I will I will listen to Adam Pierce caring which side wins. And I won't think for two seconds why the GM of both shows would want one team to win over the other team. Doesn't make any sense. But you just watch it. You watch your stars. You look at their pretty bodies. You watch their moves. And then you're ready for the next show. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
You know, I could talk about this for hours, but we only have two minutes. This person here in the chat goes, it's a show for children. What is? And the funny thing is, WWE, I know people watch WWE and they think, this show's for children. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, children don't watch this show. Nope. And, you know, I watch... They haven't for quite some time. I watch what children watch because I have a five-year-old. And all of these shows that have, like, you know, the PJ Masks or Frozen or any of these other things that she watches, it's like, you know, there are heroes you can get behind, and there are villains. And there are, there are stories that actually are simple and make sense. And, like, none of these things apply to WWE. This is not a show for children. I don't know what this show is for, but you can look at the demos, and children don't watch the show. This show that you think is written for children and young people only attracts old people. So what it is, actually, is a show for old people. Why the old people watch it, I don't have any idea. But the idea that, like, little kids are watching this, they don't watch this. They watched it in the 90s, but they don't watch it today. And hey, pal, I know how to get the young kids. Look at these young girls. Oh, that that's not going to fire up the over 50 crowd, is it? That's what they're aiming this at. My daughter has this book about red foxes. She's five, by the way. Red fox? And uh, we read this book every night, and uh, it has these facts about foxes. And one of the facts is a, a red fox has a white tip at the end of its tail, black tips on its ears, and black legs. But it says this, and next to it is a picture of a red fox with red legs. And Paisley cannot get past this. She's like, why does that fox have red legs if the book says that they all have black legs? So, like, people that think that kids don't think... Or that it doesn't matter if the stories make sense or anything like that. Bro, it matters as much or more to little kids. Clearly, if you watch the numbers for this show and who this show attracts. We're out of time. Thanks, Mike. As always, callers and listeners of the studio. We'll talk to you next time. Observer Live. You have been listening to the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.